Hello, welcome back to Mulatto in the Mix. I'm your host, Cannon Peterson, today, November 25th, coming from Ames, Iowa. Uh, we're going to be talking about systematic racism or um, system racism, <laughs> however you want to say that. But um, it's a very important topic that I feel is very elusive. And we often hear it dropped, you know, on, you know, CNN or Fox News. It's never really explained thoroughly. And I feel like there's a couple of good reasons for that. But uh, primarily, it's a, a relatively new concept. And uh, we're still learning about this concept. And books have been written about it. Um, but the more people become educated about it and the more they can form their own opinions, the better the uh, public will be on this uh, view. But uh so to go into uh, systematic racism, I feel like it would be unfair of me to not give a um, somewhat concise definition or to give uh, give you my best understanding of the definition of systematic racism. And oftentimes when we talk about it, um, I think some good questions to ask is where and how does it apply? Um, you know, uh, so when we ask this question, I'm going to be moving forward and uh, we're going to be taking a look at um, how systematic racism is a consequence of past systems like, you know, Jim's Crow laws, uh, segregation, redlining, and implicit biases. But to overall sum this, it would be residual effects of past discrepancies that still affect people today. So like I said, Jim Crow's laws, um, segregation, and those things still have after effects, obviously, just like slavery, you know, when you... Um, when you unslave people and then just expect them to be in the normal population, oh, and then afterwards be segregated, but you would, um, you know, free these people without education, without anywhere to go, and then you just expect them to, you know, function normally without the trauma and everything else that comes along with that. And I think that's a big misconception, and that's where a lot of things in policy was wrong back in the time period of this, and those things still aren't addressed. And you know, it, it starts an offset. It's an offset of community. It's an offset of finances, wealth for minority communities. Um, so from this trickle down effect, uh, we, we get a future from a corrupt past. You know, we have riots, marches, uh, peaceful protests are all signs of a system, you know, that needs to be changed. And that's what we want to address with these uh, peaceful protests even riots, because not all protests are peaceful. You know, 1960s, I know um, English books likes to frame them as, you know, they're all peaceful, Martin Luther King. And yes, he was a peaceful man. Or, uh, these pro there was some really great peaceful protests, but there's also riots as well. And there was damage of property. So this isn't a new thing necessarily. And this just isn't minority movements. It's all movements have these riots, marches, and uh, peaceful protests kind of lumped together. But, um, you know, for this podcast today, we're going to be targeting an area and this area is going to be the medical system and its implications on minority families and to actually get started i'm going to be quoting a article from a gentleman named john f devito and he is a teacher who currently he was a psychology professor who uh, does a lot of um, articles with fellow peers discussing uh, systematic racism in great detail and he covers a lot of studies within his papers and articles that he talks about um, and specifically, the uh, paper we're talking about, he goes over medical providers' biases and biases held by doctors administrating care to patients. And um, to talk about this, it's, it's, very, it's very hard, especially when it comes to implicit biases, because obviously they're implicit. They're on the inside. You can't, I mean, you, you can't really measure that. It's hard to measure, if anything. So I'm going to be talking about that later more as we um, go into the studies. Um, 
So a couple examples from his article uh, that he talks about is that it is an example is a study done by Oliver Goodwin um, or Oliver Goodwin. Sorry, not Oliver Goodwin, but uh, two separate people. Gottler, Gregory and uh, Stange, which concluded in 2001. But uh, from the study, we find that type uh, that the type of care minorities uh, receive specifically black or African-American citizens. The study details minority interactions with uh, white physicians. The study was conducted with the interactions between or this, the studies were conducted by videotapes or the, 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 all the participants were videotaped and assessed afterwards. So the doctors, for example, would take a, a questionnaire afterwards. And then also within the study, they would watch the footage to see how the doctor's answers matched up to the footage. And uh, the outcome was, uh, well, it, it was very descriptive. Um, the end result was often that time, you know, the white physician spent drastically less time planning treatment, providing health education, assessing the health knowledge, and engaging in form informal conversation. So kind of like a hi or how's your day going or whatever. So oftentimes they're, they're pretty much cut dry to the point from the study. And then even if they were cut dry to the point, the um, planning of actually helping them with their issues was oftentimes drastically reduced as well. Um, but later on in the study, we come to a conclusion, uh, kind of a, of a midway pass. Like I said earlier, some of the studies showed starking results, while others showed, I mean, little to no evidence of actions of implicit bias. So like I said earlier, it's very hard to measure. You know, you're not just going to have a doctor come out and say I'm racist or, you know, I, you know, I want to get fired or it just comes out with saying a whole bunch of racial slurs and stuff. So we, we it's just hard to find that. But from the studies, when we look at these studies and if we take a mass portion of doctors, we often find more descriptive details. So like, you know, when you take a data set and the more in you have, the more credible or more narrow your uh, data set's going to be to a, a unimodal point. And when they found that unimodal point, it seemed to always be in the description of minorities receiving less benefits and less care overall. So this does seem to be an issue of how doctors perceive patients. So like, you know, you come into a doctor and they see your, uh, your um, insurance, for example, and they happen to see you have Medicaid or they happen to see you have a government funded uh, insurance or health. Oftentimes those uh, participants were looked down upon by doctors, either as being a show, a sign of laziness or the patients are, you know, we're not gonna follow through with any of their stuff because they haven't followed through with other stuff as far as health insurance. So that's the kind of perception some of the uh, clients got. And then moving forward, and this is like the really saddest part about this is um, as, we find, as we find in the minority communities, is a lot of older um, minority parents or grandparents suffer from these everlasting effects, you know, because they carry on the stigma about uh, medical professionals and the medical biases of insurance companies. And oftentimes they receive lesser treatments for their illnesses, as we said earlier. But this is what's bad because it goes on to generation and generation, and it is possible for their grandparents or parents to uh, spread on these stigmas to their children. So when they need this critical care, they're not being able to get the critical care. And that that's the main effect we're seeing. And it's very sad. And another form of information I was looking into is a YouTube channel called Health Triage and make amazing videos going over these studies. And the great part about these videos is when they look at the studies, they try to take away the studies from implicit biases because they're so hard to measure. So we can actually find concrete data, not implicit biases, but concrete data of how um, patients are being um, treated, per se, and the type of treatments doctors prescribe to uh, minority patients versus white patients. 
And when we look, and uh, when I looked at this video, um, we kind of came to the conclusion that a lot of these studies without implicit biases were hard to obtain, like I said earlier. But in conclusion, there's still a long way to go with the healthcare system and minority communities. And specifically, we touch on issues of classism. When we talk about minority communities because they're receiving less care because they generally have less wealth. They can't really afford private doctors or they don't have the means to necessarily get to a hospital, like they don't have a car or the transportation's not great. And then also a lot of, like I said, stigma carried on for past generations. And then whether or not we're gonna be able to foot a bill if our insurance doesn't go through, if we don't have insurance. Um, but that's what we ended up finding there. But uh, moving forward, we actually have a video about Ben Shapiro who talks about uh, systemic racism. And I do have to agree with him on some points. Obviously, we don't agree on. I do believe there is systemic racism. Like I said, when you have these past events like slavery, um, segregation, Jim Crow's laws, I mean, the terrible, terrible effects of the uh, the drug war pretty much put onto uh, minority communities from Ronald Reagan's administration. Um, but when you have these effects and you move forward, obviously, there's going to be a difference between wealth. There's going to be a difference between education. There's going to be a difference between access um, to opportunity. I mean, it'd be hard to not recognize that because, I mean, even Ben Shapiro in his video admits that the past effects do have current effects on the future. Obviously, the past does build the future. So uh, moving forward, it, it's hard to expect these minority communities to really get a leg up if they're already starting with half, with another leg gone. Um, so, so that's the issue. They're pretty much hopping on one foot, uh, minority communities. So we need to figure out a ways to help them. Um, that doesn't always have to be money, but um, necessarily we need to figure out programs to help people, whether that be socially or with money. But I do have to agree with some points Ben Shapiro does put out. And that, like I said earlier, with implicit biases, because the video he was reviewing when he was talking about systemic racism is using uh, studies from implicit biases. We know people have them. People don't like to admit to them. I mean, I even have mine and I, you know, I get, I overcome those and I want to get better. Hopefully like everyone does. Um, but we need to really look at these implicit biases uh, as, you know, as the earth does, because we need to learn how to really accept one another in another's culture. But Ben Shapiro does make a good point though, that a lot of these studies are flawed necessarily because you don't know whether a doctor is lying or whoever you're assessing is lying. You can't know that necessarily. So I do believe Ben Shapiro does have a point there. But moving uh, towards the end here, um, I hope you had a great talk. And uh, hopefully we can become more educated on this. Because like I said, in the news and different media and stuff, everyone's going to have their biases and their own opinions. But it's hard to really look into something if it's not defined. And that is one issue that I see with this is I think it's a great topic and it's great to talk about these things. I mean, reparations is one thing, but that, that's a whole other topic about uh, as far as wealth. But that often ties in to systematic racism because people are set back. So it's often a backwards looking as to try to fix issues. And I don't see anything wrong with that, but it's obviously heavily debated. And so a lot of things or a lot of time to go into that and look into it and research it and look at these um, everlasting effects on different things, whether that be health care, education, wealth, all these things play a vital role in today's America and whether or not families can support themselves. So moving forward, we obviously need to look into that. But I also hope that people find their own information and their own common ground on this issue and how they should answer society. But not to the point 
of where they're always refuting something, but maybe to a point of where even if we can't find the same solutions, we at least find a solution. And that's what I hope we move towards. But anyways, hopefully you guys have a great day. Um, you know, stay warm out there. I know it's starting to cool up out names and uh, peace.